Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast, where this week, once more, you find us in our regular format. Uh, you'll find Andrew Sankster across the table, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, uh, joining with me, Chris Bound, the editor of Hotel Analyst, to go through three uh, particular areas of interest that have caught our eye from the last week or so. And this week, we're going to start off by taking a look at what's going on in the Spanish hotel market where there's been a couple of recent deals which have seen uh, hotels taken over to be converted to new uh, international brands that are coming into the market. And it seems to be something of a trend in the Spanish market at the moment. Um, While those hotels uh, are all shut due to lockdown, the owners have been thinking about how to make more profit from them. And with 70% of hotels in Spain still independent, the answer has to be go with a brand. Uh, is that the answer Andrew? It may be the answer Um, I think the environment that resort hotels are currently finding themselves in is that they are desperately seeking all sorts of things as possible answers Mm. so I um, I've been pondering um, you know looking back we're in a obviously a a very traumatic period right now with Covid and the nature of um, death and disease um, I was struck there, uh, Sky News, um, the um, economics correspondent Ed Conway had a very great Twitter thread which showed just how serious the situation is in terms of total deaths at the minute um, and excess deaths and just even when you scale and allow for population um, increases and so forth um, the current well in 2020 the excess death rate in the UK and through many other um, European um, countries um, was well above norms and you know you have to go back to sort of the previous Spanish flu um, in 1918 1919 to get sort of excess death rates at their current level that just brings home just how serious this current environment is but i will go back even further than that actually to to draw an analogy with um with this this relationship between tour operator and resort hotel um and we can i'm going to go back to the mid 14th century and the outbreak of the black death uh, (laughs) an even more serious um neither of us can quite remember the details yeah yeah not quite as gruesome (laughs) thankfully as you know a third of the population of europe being wiped out as happened in that period but that actually led to the end in most historians belief um, led to the end of serfdom and there's an element of serfdom within this relationship between the tour operator and the resort Mm. hotel Um, I I remember going to a a conference a resort hotel conference in in Cyprus and one of the leading tour operator CEOs walked into the room and it was like the Lord and Master had suddenly walked in and everybody started bowing down uh, before him it was quite astonishing and I think there is an element of this and the, the problem is you they have all the cards the tour operators or that they used to have all the cards mm. um, and and you know as, as we have seen I mean we we saw Thomas Cook go bust the second biggest mm-hmm. tour operator in the U in in Europe um, and too is pro- exactly looking too strong no, I, Precisely, and you know, it, and the critical to this are, are, is the broken promise, um, as a, the series of promises that Tui has broken. Um, it, it, they've promised to to pay the 
um, hoteliers and they simply haven't stumped up the cash and there's a lot of anger a lot of angst and um, it, it's been a case of you know it's almost you have that big annual contract sitting there waiting to be signed mm. and it's just very difficult to resist if you're sitting there as a tour operator thinking well look you know this guarantees my future if i put you know put my signature down there on that dotted line i know we're we're back in business we're not, not it's not terrific margins but we're we're okay and it's very difficult to resist that but given that you know they have not paid in this past year um it's much easier now to think well actually to heck with them i'm gonna try and make my own way now and there's already an atmosphere of that mm. um there are a number of um uh, deal makers out there um advisors who are sort of spending some time on the costas and you know i mean in greece talking to hoteliers trying to put together and persuade them to do deals with the uh um, branded hotel uh, chains and say look this is your way to to get hold of the free um, and the fully independent travelers FIT um, <laughs> and shift away from the tour operators um, and you know the that that there was already appetite for that and i think that appetite has just grown enormously given the problems we've had over the past year so my expectation is that 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 um relationship is under stress um like it's never been and if if it's ever going to be truly broken i think now is the period in which it's going to be broken so i think yeah i mean it's maybe a bit of a stretched analogy with the black death but <laughs> the end of serfdom but but there there is an element of that in there and i think we are going to see some fundamental change there with the resort hoteliers well and also um spain spain's about 70 percent independent 30 percent branded at the moment i was told by uh, eva just of uh, phg mm. who mm. based there in madrid and you know if you, if you look at america the numbers are exactly the other way around so there's there's plenty of distance they could travel yeah indeed and and if you look at i mean if, i mean with that you're looking at the urban hotels as well lumped into those numbers and if you split that out and you look at the actual resort hotels in terms of true what i would describe as as uh, hotel brands as we know them mm. it's significantly um thinner than that on the costas i would suggest i mean the relationship the brand the the cust the customer ownership is entirely with the tour operators and that's what the hoteliers need to to break free of mm -hmm. and there's people like apple leisure group with uh, am resorts coming in to uh, build fresh portfolios which will help them to do that i guess and uh, we're going to have a quick catch up of uh, where the brands stand after a year uh, at, at best pe at best um, treading water i guess <laughs> um, but uh, we uh, we are now all looking forward with some expectation to uh, a bit more of a brighter future recently passed the million rooms milestone in their fourth quarter uh, others have not been so uh, done so well through the last year uh, oyo for example the indian disruptor has lost quite a lot of its rooms after somewhat uh, over promising and uh, under delivering to its partners um, but th the question now is will the next year just carry on seeing the brands continue mm -hmm. to pile on the pounds and um, keep their pipelines filled up it's a challenge um just to i think everybody's had a very tough year um it's just it's been tougher for, for some than them for others um the the acronym um that we we keep wheeling out um when we're discussing these issues is nug net unit growth and that's a critical 
figure for the the brand companies in a period like this particularly realistically um, um, they're not going to be seeing a lot in terms of revpar growth coming back on although i think that's going to surprise on the upside my prediction there um i i think the organic um, net unit growth is going to be very challenged um, um, the other thing there's, there's three drivers in terms of the the fee income under the fee income model it, it's the uh, revpar it's the uh, uh the actual fee rate itself um and then it's how many new properties are you signing and the, the one that's really still capable of movement here is is how many properties you're signing but i think that's going to be very tough in this next year um i suspect that's going to drive a lot of appetite for for consolidation um there's you know, appetite for it because of that and also the opportunity that's going to be there in in terms of for consolidation you did a piece um which is on the back of the wall street journal article which uh reported the woes at oyo um and indeed there's a piece in the the FT, which also um, um, indicated just how serious it is um, in terms of in, in, in um, a whole bunch of um, angry um, hotel owners turning up at Toyo's China headquarters in Shanghai um, and creating a bit of a ruckus. Now that's the <laughs> ultimate deterioration in in owner brand relationships. I would suggest. <laughs> yes. um, I mean, in a, in the Wall Street Journal article actually gave an extraordinary um, number in terms of the decline of Oyo. It's, it's gone um, from over seven hundred thousand, seven hundred eighty thousand rooms. It's uh, down to seventy thousand, which is just gobsmacking decline. I mean. It, it it's risen really fast and it's fallen really fast uh, um well you know how how accurate that is it, it's hard to untangle at this moment but um if, if it's anything like true then i think oyo is in deep deep trouble given that china was its second biggest market after india um oyo is claiming that you know we've shifted a lot into home rentals mm. um and, that, and that's helped us but as we know home rentals actually are nowhere near as profitable as as uh, hotels so i think they'll be challenged on that if 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 all they've done is replaced like for like one hotel with one home rental i think you know you've got to replace one hotel with 10 home rentals frankly to to make up the kind of fee income you're going to be losing but uh, um, we'll see um, it certainly it does appear the case that oyo is one of the big losers going forward um uh, i think wider than that you can look at you know the uh, this market that we have this environment we have is one which favors the listed companies they are able to go to shareholders and say look we need more cash mm. either just to keep us going or to seize the opportunities that are out there and i i suspect we're going to see some mega deals now the ones that obviously catch everyone's attention are the, the huge ones amongst the global the global brand majors um it was interesting. Morgan Stanley analysts tipped again that Accor IHG merger <laughs> in the last week oh, or right. so as one of yeah one of their outside bets for the year. Um, maybe, maybe not. But uh, you know, I, I certainly think that there's there's a good chance we will see one of the or more one or more of the global majors. I've always fancied Hilton and Hyatt coming together. I think that makes a lot of sense as a deal. Um, there's all sorts of things. I, I you know I don't have any evidence to suggest that, that that's underway or even in discussions at the moment but it just you know when you're doing your um your your 
you know, New Year forecast <laughs> games. That that's certainly one that, that springs instantly to my mind. Well, we'll wait and see. I think there's challenges for Accor and IHG if they don't do a do some sort of deals because they have fallen significantly behind. I mean, Hilton is going to go through the million rooms mark. Marit's obviously already way past that 1.3 million rooms. Um, um, IHG and Accor. IHG is getting close to the million rooms. Um, Accor is significantly behind. I think there is a there is motivation there. I would suggest for that to to take off. And I think Accor needs a more effective um, loyalty scheme. Um, it may get there eventually through organic means but it would help to perhaps get there quicker i mean certainly that's one of the key drivers for why it bought fairmont raffles perhaps it needs another transformational um m a play like that what appetite their shareholders have for that is a question mark especially given the overhang within accor of um, its exposure to accor invest um so th- th- there's a bunch of things out there at the minute which are going to be very interesting to to see how that plays plays in the next year or so but uh, i certainly think these these next 12 months are going to be some of the most interesting we've seen for a uh, a good while in 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 terms of MA and i'm i would imagine that most uh, investment bankers and advisors are um, um rubbing their hands together in anticipation um of of what lies ahead our third story this week we're going to take a look across uh, the at uh, the american market and at a company called senesta um now they say when life gives you lemons you've got to make lemonade and i think it's fair to say that uh, sonesta has been getting the fruit juice uh, made in, in sufficient quantities this year uh, so sonesta is a uh, an operating company and it's linked to a property company a reit um, who owns 30 percent of sonesta um, and that uh, SVC did with their uh, properties, their hotel properties, was they got their uh, they got their, their brands to sign contracts which included a minimum rental guarantee. So during the last year, they found first uh, an arrangement with Intercontinental and secondly an arrangement with Marriott, uh, coming to a point where the minimum rental guarantees were payable. Negotiations ensued and uh, neither IHG uh, nor subsequently Marriott was prepared to pay the uh, several million dollars fee uh, of the minimum minimum rental guarantee to keep the properties and so the the properties came back to SVC. Uh, SVC has promptly plonked most of them with Sonesta making it suddenly a much larger presence in the market. that sounded great for Sonesta. They were doing quite nicely, suddenly grown quite a bit. But they've done another trick in the last couple of weeks. They've finished a takeover of the owner of Redline Hotels. Um, Redline is largely a franchise operation. It's got more than 900 hotels across the US. Uh, but suddenly, uh, Sonesta is looking like quite a large player um, with uh, a, a substantial volume of hotels, mostly in the US, um, and suddenly catapulted up the up the league table with quite a presence so the question now is where do they go next and will they be able to convert this into a convincing business with a decent return Sonesta's paid 90 million dollars um which is pretty mm. cheap isn't it um for 600 hotels uh, and a franchise platform um, yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Nine hundred. Nine hundred hotels. Nine hundred hotels. Nine hundred hotels. Sorry. So yeah, it's pretty darn cheap, isn't Mm. it? Um, Why is it quite so cheap? um, the, the other thing to, to remark is that um, today, in fact, as we, uh, um, as we just before we started recording this, um, Hyatt are the third of the global majors who have been hit under this, and they're going to lose probably lose twenty two of their Hyatt Place branded properties, um, which will be taken from them. Um, they are part of um, they are owned by SVC. Um, Service Properties Trust used to be Hospitality Properties Trust, um, and um, because they've ex- they've used up the fifty million of guarantees that uh, that uh, Hyatt had committed to, and Hyatt has paid all of that money, and they don't want to pay any more money. SVC have exercised its break clause under the agreement, and those properties are likely to leave um, in April. So this is the third group of of properties. Wow. Um, adding to the Sinesta pot, yeah, and no, so it's, it's a lot. Um, and it, it's funny, so you look at this, and 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 it's uh, uh, it reminds me a little bit of the 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 old days of the vertically integrated model within the hotel sector where you own, operate and brand mm. the properties because SVC are 34% shareholders of Sinesta. So they, they have a big share in the success of this. And it's it's a big challenge here for the brands um, that they've had these properties whipped out from under them. Now, I have to say, I don't blame the brands for letting them go because they were in a hard place. I think... Um, HPT as was signed um, very canny yeah. deals. Initially, they were binding um, guarantees, um, and um, I mean, previously there's been hits to IHG in the past when they've had to cough up cash in previous downturns. Um, the the brand companies were very keen to exit those binding guarantees and instead they they gave guarantees um, which weren't binding in other words they could walk away from the guarantees but the forfeit for that was that they were also had to leave behind their their um, management or franchise agreement and this is indeed what what's happened now um, with this in this latest downturn um, but is it really truly in in the interests of these properties to walk away from these brands? Um, is Sinesta actually going to do a better job of running them? Uh, that's a big question, and I think the from from a, a global brand perspective, if Sinesta is seen as being able to do as good a job, that does somewhat challenge. Well, what's the value for other owners with the big brands? And will other owners think, well, maybe we should do something similar to what um, SVC has done mm. here and and look to carve out and create our own um, brand co and op- opco um, to 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 look after our properties? Maybe that's the way forward. Um, so I. Th- I think this is a big a challenge to the whole um, fee-based model, and um, it, it shouldn't be overlooked. I mean, it's very yeah. U.S. Uh, as much, you know, it, it's not impacting um, Europe really at all. But uh, um, other than it being a challenge for for that model, and as we know, those you know historically the models have come from the U.S. and been imported to Europe. So um, if there's significant change there, that's certainly something we need to 
to be watchful. Well, and you, if you, say, if you think, well, it couldn't happen here, and you, actually all you have to do is, if, if you look at what Whitbread have done recently, you know, they took over a, a whole bunch of hotels in Germany, and that was where uh, a situation where, you know, there was an opportunity to take a, take over a whole portfolio of, of leased hotels where the, the owners or the operators were under distress. Um, so, not mm, quite on the large, mm, on the same mm, massive yeah. scale, but you know, there's 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 opportunities out there. No, um, is that are you you thinking the foremost deal there? Is that the one though? There were the IHG lost them. I mean, that's that's Whitbread taking out the uh, development. Yeah, co- there was that, and then also it? the um, more recent one they've done, which was basically taking over the the leases from a, a distressed operator. Um, you know, where the operator yeah, said, yeah, "Come yeah. in." take a look at all our <laughs> hotels would you like the lot of them and they said well no thanks we'll have that one and that one and that one though um yeah yeah but yeah what i don't see i mean that's Whitbread yes. taking on the lease yeah. um thing for that um but that's motivate that's an opera you know that's a, a, a owner brand company going in mm. there to grow um it, what's interesting is the existing owners whether they're actually going to take this as an opportunity to kick out yeah. um some of the brands co's that that's the challenge i think um which potentially you know could arise here i am it, mm. it's one to watch um um, I'm, I'm sceptical that there, that there is going to be that long-term implications. I think there are a lot of things which are quite unique about the SVC yeah. situation, but it, it's certainly one to keep a weather eye yeah. on. Yeah, and uh, one evolves. of the interesting things I saw was that uh, online was there a cup, uh, an outfit that keeps a close eye on you know points and loyalty schemes and so on, saying, well, actually, you know, all of a sudden, it doesn't matter if they're they've got a, a half dozen or a dozen different brands if they've got suddenly a mass of hotels all under one loyalty scheme and i can stay at those as a road warrior for work and then i've got a nice four star one that i can take the family to to redeem my points on a a bit of a family break then suddenly you know i don't care how strong or weak the brand is um if the loyalty program's there and it's good i'm ready to jump ship so um you know i think i think that'll be interesting to see what the extent to which um the, the the customer becomes more brand fickle uh, out the back of the uh, the pandemic. Five star and no star awards of the week. Yeah, so I'm kicking off with the five star. Um, I suppose I ought to give it to the vaccines today because today um, my parents, eighty and eighty five, um, got their mm-hmm. jab. Um, which gives me great confidence for the future. I mean, what are we at? We're at um, over two and a half million, I think, now in the UK, which is fantastic. Well, my father-in-law also had his Europe today. Is- He's 86. So there we go. Yeah. Well, fantastic. There's they. I mean, this is encouraging, mm. and I think that gives us hope you know for as we said at the outset of this podcast this is indeed the worst you know this is worse now in terms of um the situation in hospitals and it was it back in march and april um so you know quite dark period but um there is we're at least in a tunnel with light at the end and not mm. an oncoming train so that's 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 the positive so we ought to give it that but i am actually going to give my five star award to um 
the emergence of a um we're talking about the whole relationship the end of feudalism <laughs> within the resort hotel industry um the breaking free of of, of those bonds um this is um now i don't know how you pronounce them it's um oku or oku i think oku sounds better in a way doesn't it um they're, they're former uh, thomas cook properties and they've just um they've just had a release saying their their, their new name <laughs> oku oku ibiza which is opening on the 30th of april um an understated luxury hideaway for the soulful traveler apparently um and they've got another one on the way as well so i i think it's going to be a um um it's a sign of the changing times i think that you know this is not being driven by the tour operators now but um independent capital coming in and spotting the opportunities here and branding them themselves and going for those um the 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 fully independent travellers, as we discussed earlier. So, and no stars, stars this week go to Oyo. Uh, we've already talked about them, but uh, you know, for an <laughs> outfit that overpromised and underdelivered, to the extent it upset a lot of hotel owners, it's now had to eat some humble pie and has launched a new equal partner policy, which will set out which sets out seven uh, Oyo aims to uh, meet uh, and um, <laughs> re- hopefully revive its relationship with the hoteliers it was was hoping to work with once again so good luck to them right and on that note we are finishing for the week we'll wish you well and say bye for now